Hi, and welcome to another edition of Menopause Buddies. Today I'm joined by Jane. Jane works in PR. Hi, Jane. Uh, hello there. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for joining us, Jane. Um, now, Jane, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, I am a military wife, first and foremost, which is quite a complicated life. Uh, so it's meant I've moved around a lot following my husband's uh, career and following the flag, as they put it. And so um, I've done lots of jobs in lots of different industries, but PR and writing is my kind of first love. Now, you've been on a very interesting journey, haven't you, Jane? So do you want to share that with us? Uh, yes. It stop me, as I've said, at any point if I go on too long. But basically, just before, um, well, during the pandemic, just when we'd had the first lockdown, there were a lot of adverts on the radio saying, uh, if you've delayed going to the doctor because you found a lump, uh, maybe you should do it now. And I had indeed found a lump in my right breast and I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I had um, a couple of operations, uh, radiotherapy, and then I was put on a drug called tamoxifen. And tamoxifen is an estrogen suppressant because my cancer was an estrogen-driven cancer, and essentially it puts you into what's called chemical menopause. So, you know, if you're going into menopause uh, naturally, your estrogen is dropping and that's when you can take HRT to like top it back up, as it were. Whereas when you're on an estrogen suppressant, you obviously can't, you can't fix those symptoms. Mm. So almost overnight, you're tipped into this world where you're having hot sweats and cold sweats and tinnitus and sore legs and dry vagina and uh, mood swings and crying and wow, it, it 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 was pretty bad. But you're never quite sure what's connected to what. And particularly, I think as a military wife, where you just keep on keeping on because you're always going to get thrown curveballs, and you don't you don't have the opportunity to say, "I don't want to do this anymore." Um, that's what I did until, well, until essentially the wheels fell off. Golly, what, what a story. Now, Jane, can we just go back a bit? Do you want to take us through, um, you know, what you went through at each stage? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, a lot of the detail that you're given in these appointments, when you when you get cancer, it's actually not, I mean, it is bad, but it's not that bad because they know what they're doing. So you've got a lump and they're going to cut it out and then you, they're going to treat it with radiotherapy or chemo or whatever it is. And you go along this conveyor belt and everybody is nice to you. You know, everybody is worried because they thought you might die and you have time off work to recover. And so actually the actual cancer bit, it's not, it's not that hard. Uh, and then, though, you go back to work because your sick pay runs out. And your head is not quite in the right place, but you, you you go back anyway. And however supportive your work and your colleagues are, and mine were amazing, mm. you're still dealing with something that not very many people know how how to talk to you about. And they'll yeah. say things like, so you're better now. And you'll be like, um, well, yeah, the cancer has been cut out, but I always kind of compared it to being an alcoholic. You know, I'm now one week post-cancer. I'm now a year post-cancer and that's the thing as well you have these kind of constant reminders particularly yeah. when you're 
on the tamoxifen. And also I had two operations. And so they cut through to take the um, lymph nodes out under my armpit. And so I've got real problems with my shoulder. So you have this kind of daily reminders that you're not who you were, um, mm. particularly with your energy levels and your, the mood swings. You, you keep telling yourself, do better you're better now. Everybody says you're better now. Nobody cares anymore. You're better now. And particularly because I moved house and I changed surgeries, any kind of continuity of advice or anyone, inverted commas, looking after me was lost. And they do this thing called PIFU, patient-initiated follow-up. The onus is on you. Do you feel ill enough? Do you feel sad? Do you need to ring the breast cancer nurses? Do you need to access this counselling? And you don't know whether you do because you've got. Yes, how would you? Yeah. How would you? How, you would you, yeah. how, how do you know how bad is bad? And so that's what I mean about how I just kept soldiering on because I was like, well, other women have menopause. Why can't I handle it? Other women don't take HRT. They just take some, I don't know, whatever. They eat healthily and they go to bed early and they're fine. What's wrong with you that you can't do that? You know, so it yeah. becomes this kind of cycle. And then when you're in a job and you're reaching out to people. So I was in my good job that I loved. and um, But lots of changes happened there. And I'd been there four years and I decided I was ready to move on. And I got a new job in a new industry. And you know, as an army wife, again, I keep parking back to this, but I'm really good at change. I've always yeah. been really good at change. But I think I thought that, my mind thought I could still do that, but but my body couldn't keep up. And I was, I just wasn't, I wasn't who I was before. And so then I wasn't with people who knew me. Yeah. And so they just thought, that I was rubbish and meanwhile you're going through through things like brain fogs and hot flushes and and all of this stuff and you're saying to them please help me I'm pretty sure this is the menopause this feels like the menopause you know you have a menopause policy and actually the law says that chemical menopause is a protected characteristic which I never knew until much later in the process of the last year you know, it's cancer. Once you've had cancer, that's a disability for the rest of your life. Mm. It doesn't go because you've had it out. You are still considered disabled. Things like I have to have a riser for my laptop to type because of the problems with my shoulder, because I had the operation, because I had cancer. And so each time you have to unravel this yeah. story that's still so fresh and raw. And people don't get it. They don't get it. And, and I, think, I think there's so little awareness. Menopause is everywhere now. Yes. But the awareness yep. of chemical menopause, the awareness that, you know, one in five women will get breast cancer and most of them will be put on some sort of drug like tamoxifen. Most women who have some sort of gynecological cancer like that will have that kind of treatment. So they are very likely, from even from a young age, to be going through chemical menopause with no real clue what is happening to them goodness and and did you were you um alerted to that after you finished your treatment and you know thankfully got it all clear were you alerted to the fact that so, it, so it's 
it's funny because obviously you're not really you're given an all clear but not as such as I say because you again it's a bit like the three months of pregnancy you know will you miscarry that's your danger years there's three mm. years after you've had cancer that's kind of the danger years and then five years is a good one and then 10 years is a better one you know so yeah they don't ever say it won't come back uh, right that's not how it that's sort of not how it goes really um but I've forgotten my my point now. It was, had they alerted you to oh, that, yeah. that so you're with you would surgeon. go into chemicals? So the surgeon is the one that's looking after you all the way through all the treatment. Yeah. And she was lovely. She was amazing. But she basically, at my last appointment, she gave me a bag of lube and said, you might need this. Oh. <laughs> I, I had no idea why I might need that. You know, that was it. That was my kind of... You know, they give you a bunch of leaflets. And that's the thing, you know, some other people might well have gone away and read those leaflets and done their research and, you know, been really thorough about knowing every possibility of everything. Whereas I I don't know, I just am a person that's like, the doctor says, take this, so take it. So I did. But also um, it's a time where you're very vulnerable, isn't it? You've cut, you've been through a hell of a lot. And, you and, and I was alone. I couldn't yes. have my husband in those appointments goodness yeah because it was the pandemic time so yeah. he was in some of the ones with the breast cancer nurse I think he was in a couple of those but not with the surgeon I never had him in any of those ones um and maybe maybe you don't anyway I don't know but it it's just quite a lot to do yourself uh so yes the point being is that at, at various points people might well have said to me you you could give up tamoxifen if you want to but you're so afraid to stop taking it because you've been told that it it could prevent your cancer coming back. And also, you're not really given an instruction on how to stop taking it. Is somebody going to monitor that? Is that somebody going to check in with me? Is there going to be side effects if I stop, more side effects, if I stop taking it? You know, what, what, what am I doing for my long-term health if I don't take it? So anyway, eventually I got through all of this and finally saw the same GP twice in a row and she said well we need to test to see whether you're in natural menopause and I wasn't I wasn't so none of the symptoms that I was experiencing were due to natural menopause so and then you, you thought they were or did you think well, it was a combination of the tamoxifen and the you just yeah. don't know you don't know do you because you're like how can it be how could it be this extreme? Why would they give me a thing that's making me feel this bad if it's meant to be good for me? Because not, not every woman experiences all of these side effects. And you what were the symptoms you you were experiencing? So I had, as I say, um, I stopped. My periods stopped uh, or were very erratic. So I'd have one every three months. So you've got no idea of your cycle. So your yeah. mood is really weird. And I was really cold. I would feel really so cold chills rather than hot sweats and hot sweats at night where I would literally have to have sets of clothes by my bed and change my pajamas twice in a night because I would wake up absolutely ringing. And um, as I say, just more really, it was just the lack of any kind of emotional control. My moods were up and down. I was anxious. I was, you know, I was... uh, sad really sad hmm. but I don't know if that's all tamoxifen or if that's just some of the things that have also gone on I lost um 
I lost a friend. So I met a friend on the first day of my cancer treatment. We were in the waiting room together in our robes and she was reading a book that I'd read. And so I started talking to her and we were talking so much that when the surgeon called me for my operation, I didn't notice. Um, So I said to her, look, quick, let me write down my number. I'm an army wife. We should be friends. If I meet somebody I like, we have to be friends, right? (laughs) So I give her my number and we do become friends. And this again, as I say, is in the pandemic. So we met in a hotel for a cup of coffee after we both had our operations about six weeks later, because that's what you were allowed to do at that time was be in a public place. And we went into the toilets together and she showed me her boobs and I showed her mine. You know, it was like an instant kind of yeah. uh, support. And then, as I say, her, well, her cancer returned and she became very poorly. And after two years, she died. Oh. And again, I was in a workplace where they knew that I was going through these symptoms. Yeah. They knew that my friend had died. They had a menopause policy, but they just said, it's not our problem. Wow. And it is, you know, ultimately when it comes to it, it isn't your work's problem. But at the well, same time, it's so hard when you are going through that. It's their, it's their problem to be human and to be understanding. And I that so it, it's not their problem. It's their duty to be kind and understanding to their staff. And yeah. to not be it is it, just mind blowing that you know what you'd been through and were going through and to have a policy. This is what I always say about policies: is not policies that people want. It's actually you know reality on the ground that will actually make a difference to your day to day life at work. And that means being understanding. And if you're having a hard day, cut a bit of slack because they know that you've worked for them for quite a long time and they know what you're capable of. But we all, go through, we all go through bad patches in life. This is the issue, though. It, it wasn't someone I'd worked for for a long time. And then once that cycle begins, that's really difficult as well, because, of course, we live in a world where you need two salaries. We don't live in a world where yeah. you can just take time out to find yourself and get well. OK, yeah. you can go on to job seekers, which I did, but it's like £80 a week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you've got a mortgage to pay and all the rest of it you have to find work you know and I've always worked and so it's this real tricky balance and it has been for me and still is this is still ongoing of finding what I am now capable of due to my you know because I am you know I'm still fact is I'm 45 so whether I'm menopausal now it's still coming, you know, it's likely yeah. that I'm going to be perimenopausal or am, in, you know, because again, with perimenopause, she's telling me I'm not menopausal, but she's not saying you're not perimenopausal. You know, the yeah. Yeah. the symptoms, I mean, I still get night sweats, but only at a specific time of the month. My periods have returned. You know, it's that instant. Wow. It, it's, it's just how fatigued I was. But again, now we're coming up to three years post-cancer. So time yeah. is a, time is a healer, you know. Yeah. My boob doesn't ache every day anymore. I don't, I don't struggle to put my. I've been I've, so I've taken up a lot of different habits over the last few months. And again, I know everybody says this, or maybe they don't. But yoga, oh my goodness, yoga, mm. yoga and breathing and mindfulness. And I've been yeah. given some techniques by a counselor for getting through these moments where where you just feel the kind of rising panic 
um you know and sleeplessness was a huge problem for me on tamoxifen as well i would i would just bounce out sleep and not be able to get back to sleep again and tinnitus it would roar the tinnitus would roar like uh and a lot of that has just calmed down but i don't know if that's again because it's another year on or because i'm using techniques which I can tell you about if you if you want to know them. Yeah, but before we go there, just so you you um, had the blood test with the doctor that you saw twice, which I think always makes a difference, doesn't yeah. it? You can get the same person who actually then becomes your champion because they yes. they know what you're. You're not just another number walking through the door. But so that she worked out or he worked out that you um, you weren't in menopause. So did you then with them yes. decide so, to come off um, tamoxifen? So what I should have been given or could have been given at some point during the process with all these different doctors and surgeons was what's called patient choice. Yeah. So tamoxifen is a patient choice drug. So that's it kind of gives you this table that you can go through that gives you the kind of odds of how much it's going to do for you. And she said, have you ever done this? I was like, no. So we we did it she talked me through it yeah so it's again it's not there's no right and wrong answer um and again I've received incredible support from a um the menopause and cancer group who you know again why didn't I find that at the beginning of my journey I don't know I found it afterwards but there's a Facebook group there's um now a website they do podcasts and it talks about all different kinds of routes and journeys and symptoms and side effects and so and they they're they're slowly building um, as a charity to try and offer this support to everyone they want to to be in hospitals so that you're not just handed a bag of lube and told to get on with it. Yeah, because that's the difference, isn't it? If you'd have come out with knowledge and with support, it would have been a very different journey. Yeah. 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 If they'd said, look, here's this group, it's cancer after, you know, menopause after cancer. Yeah. You join that and and they'll be able to talk you through everything. You know, when you, when I was ready, that's what I, what I would have done. But as is, you you do get given like support groups. There's breast cancer now. There's Macmillan, but they're they're so so broad. And and also, I think I felt like my cancer wasn't bad enough because I didn't have chemo, and I and I didn't have to have all my lymph nodes out. It's like, what are you making a fuss about? When everybody keeps telling you you're better now, you think I should be better now. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be able to take a little bit of time with support of my family to try and get well. So, you know, I've um, started taking antidepressants, um, which have been really helpful. And again, I was utterly afraid of taking antidepressants. I was like, I am not depressed. Mm. I am not depressed. This is not me. I am not depressed. I couldn't acknowledge. I couldn't acknowledge that. um I don't know. I don't know what I couldn't acknowledge. Depression to me, you know, still, it's not, it's not like, it's not the stigma. Well, maybe it is the stigma. I don't know. Maybe it's this mysterious thing, this stigma that everybody talks about. But I didn't feel like I was like moping around. I could still do all the tasks. I could, I didn't want to kill myself. When they ask you these questions about depression, they're so awful. I didn't want to harm myself. I didn't want to harm anyone else. But I was not well. Yeah. And when I started taking the uh, the the antidepressants, the effect was absolutely stunningly instantaneous. It was brilliant. Yeah. 
it was like my feelings were behind a pane of glass. Then it was like my feelings were kind of, I don't know, behind some rubber gloves. Then eventually it was like my feelings were just mixed up inside with, you know, this new magic calm me. And now I would say it's more like, it's like a box of Pringles, right? (laughs) So the lid is on. It's a good airtight lid on the feelings. I know they're there, but sometimes the lid does still pop off. Um, But it's, it's almost like I know how to put it back on again, whereas... When I was in the middle of the the effects of tamoxifen and all the rest of it, I just I was wild. It was like happy and sad and angry and everything were all yeah. just in the same pot together, and I couldn't extract them. Yeah, it's too much Whereas, to cope with, wasn't it? Too much to cope with. Yeah, yeah. And so the only thing that could give, it did give. Yeah. Um, so I'm still on the antidepressants. Uh, yeah. So I and the trouble with that, of course, is that coming off antidepressants isn't just a overnight, you know. No, no. You have to phase that out, and so because they've had such a beneficial effect for me, I'm going to stay on them for a while. Yeah. Um, until I feel perfect. I mean, when are you ever going to be perfectly stable in life? Never. But until I feel more stable. Yeah. You know, I've I've still got three children. I've still got a job. I've still got a husband. I've still got a dog. I've still got a blah 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. So but you those feel, pressures have not disappeared. You feel better. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Yeah. And just yeah, my legs don't hurt. I'm not sweating. I, the tinnitus is gone. Yeah. The you know I just yes the energy level that's the main difference. Like the kind of I felt bone tired sometimes. And again, I don't, I just don't know. I can't blame tamoxifen for it, but the combination of factors that has occurred in my life has felt yeah. like menopause. Yeah. And so I have incredible sympathy for women who are going through it badly. And I have, you know, I just want other women who are, who are, who go through breast or gynecological cancer to know that that could happen and to know that support is out there. Yeah. That's the only Binnington message. group. I just cannot praise it highly enough this menopause and cancer group it, it's you can ask anything you want you can you can be as you know the, the, there's a whole I mean I haven't even touched on this but there's a whole issue with libido as well when you're on tamoxifen yeah it just they, they there's nowhere they don't go so Brilliant. it's it's really useful I'll put the link to that in the that be, episode um, yeah. details so that people know where to go because be that, that's that's be really brilliant. important, isn't it? Because I think if yeah. you go through anything like that, if you have the support and you have you've the, got your tribe, yeah, and the knowledge, just if you're forewarned, yeah. almost it, it yeah. makes. And that's what she's aiming to do because she went through it herself and had a similar, you know, crash and burn journey. Yeah. Um, and uh, why should you have to crash and burn when you don't have to? No, no. If the if the dots can be joined up it should be you should have support all the way along shouldn't you yeah. and nowhere to go to, to receive that and I think it's that check-in as well because you are offered counseling so when you finish your breast cancer treatment you get five counseling sessions but as I say you're almost on this sort of high so I'd talk to the woman I'd be like yeah everything's fine I'm back at work I'm a bit tired but you know blah 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 you know it wasn't then that I needed it it was 
it was later, but you can't. Yeah. It's gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. And then you've got to find it for yourself. Yeah. And it would be things like I would ring the breast cancer support team and you'd get the answer phone and it would say, well, we'll call you back at blah, blah. And then they'd call you back or you'd miss the call or they'd call you back. And the moment when you would needed them had passed. Or if you called a generic, I did once, I think I called the Macmillan one once, you just get a generic person who doesn't know what you're talking about so like I say again you have to go back to the beginning with yeah and I want a moxfen and it does this and I feel like this and posting telling people your your story you know telling yes. them what's wrong with you makes you feel worse yes you have well having to say it over and over again would be mm. you'd almost want to pre-record it and then just play, yes, press the play exactly button every that. time you call. But it's almost as well like how do you tell people you know so once it's become old news like now, if I started in another job now, how do you tell someone, oh, yeah, three years ago I had cancer, but now I'm better? Do you need to bother with all that? But but at the same time, it's all part of me. Yes. You know, yeah. and it's all part of what's brought me to this place. But, it, I mean, it's it sounds like you've been on an incredible journey and you sound so incredibly strong. You're amazing, I think. Well, I... Um, I have been supported by a lot of people. I think the the big difference is is when you've got friends. Yeah. So again, harking back to being a military wife, but when you're a military wife, people move all the time. So you make friends and then they move, or you make friends and then you move. Yeah. And so it's this constant loss. I moved house, so I'd lost my house. Then my friends moved, so I lost them. Then I lost my actual friend. It was just grief yeah. piled on grief. Yeah. And now I've had to, you know, and the fact is I'm not going to stop being sad about that sometimes, but I've had to come past that. And that's where, as I was saying about these techniques, I start every day with yoga now. And my husband actually does that with me. That was oh, actually lovely. his idea. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Oh. It's really a lovely thing to do that together. I'm very privileged to be able to do that with him we get up you know we get up early in order to do it yeah um and then the, the breathing technique again you, you you cannot believe that these tricks work you're like that's stupid how can that how could just pleasing work yeah but I do have a tendency to hold my breath when I'm stressed so it's really you breathe in for four you hold for seven and you breathe out for eight oh, and you wow. do that as many times as it takes to kind of regulate you but you generally find that within a minute or two I'm regulated again because it's almost like a comfort blanket once you know that that regulates you it regulates you wow so you breathe you breathe in for four you so, hold for seven and you breathe out for eight yeah, yeah. wow yes so, I imagine that would calm everything down wouldn't it because it slows it, everything exactly and so yeah. when I wake in the night now because I do still wake in the night with my racing brain yeah. I just say no brain. So it's not the time to think about these things. It's time to count. And I count. And then I go back to sleep. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. And it's, it also it gives you um strength because you know you've got something in your toolbox that works for you in a certain exactly situation. It. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, the toolkit. That's what again, that's what Danny calls it. It's having, you know, so the the, me the cancer and menopause uh, group is one part in my toolkit. Yeah. Yoga with my husband is another part. Breathing is another part. Another mantras, I don't know, again, they sound so woo-woo, but one of the mantras that I've been taught is you say, thank you for coming, unhelpful thought, but now you can leave. 
So that might be a thought like, I'm rubbish, or, oh, I'm so tired and useless, or, you know, whatever it is, or, oh, for goodness sake, this, this is going wrong again, it's all your fault, that yeah. kind of negative thinking. Yeah. You're just saying, look, thank you for coming. Thank you for making me aware. Now you can, now leave. You can leave. Again, I love that. And, and and we're so bad at that when we're, well, we're so good at it. We're so good at telling ourselves we're bad that. I love that. Yes, get rid of that thought. You acknowledge it and then go on your way. I think, I mean, this talking to you has been amazing. And I, I think loads of women will gain a lot of knowledge from it, which is always the point. But it's picking up those little tips that other women give each other. That was always my aim. That, And I think you've given us loads and even I'll try some of them. I think they're, yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. Oh. I mean, with regards to anyone who is going through breast cancer, and again, as I say, one in five so check your boobs, ladies, check your mm, boobs. Yeah. Um, there's some brilliant apps for that as well. I know that's not relevant to this, but uh, know your lemons, as in not melons, but lemons. They show you 12 different symptoms of breast cancer. So it's not just the lump. And they give, they have guides on there to how to check your boobs. Because we're coming up to Breast Cancer Awareness Month, of course. So, right. yeah. you know, it's really important um, stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's if you are offered tamoxifen, or maybe it's making sure that you, when you come away from your appointments, whether you are with or not with someone, that you just really do talk it through with a partner or a friend or whatever before you launch into taking the drugs. If you're not given an option, just check. I think that would be it because I didn't, I don't know, I don't know. It was a difficult time, though, wasn't it, as well? It was, it was COVID time. because, and and you were on your own and we were all probably scared as well and you didn't have the bandwidth to no. take in probably what they were saying as well. No. Yeah. With a sort of a I whole... feel like we should end on something positive, though. Yeah, well, it is, it's very positive. You've given us so many wonderful messages and, you know, you're on a journey now where you're stronger and wiser. I hope. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I it, so. It's. I. I. I feel talking to you very positive because you've. Um, you've got this wisdom about you Aww. that. Uh, that. See, I'm a hag now. That's what it is. <laughs> Wise old lady of the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, I'll put Danny's um, contact details on there. Lovely. But um, thanks so much for joining us, Jane. No, it's lovely you. to chat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye then. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to Jane's story. I certainly found it very uplifting speaking with her. Jane is at pains for everyone to understand that this is her experience of breast cancer and of using tamoxifen. She's not a doctor and other people may experience something totally different. All of her symptoms or none of them might be connected to taking tamoxifen. She's not sure, but her symptoms could also be connected to stress and anxiety. She wants to point out that everyone's experience is different and everyone has to work out what's right for them. If you have a story that you'd like to share on Menopause Buddies, please do contact me on Annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk